the I Make a Difference podcast, an adventure of exploration of your human self, the conditioned and unhealed parts of you, and your true self, the natural, real and powerful you, a pathway where you unravel, heal and uncover on your journey back to you. Recently, I've had a few situations arise that are situations that are very similar to ones that I've experienced in the past, where they used to trigger huge amounts of vulnerability, where I would spend not hours, but actually days immersed in the anxiety, the fear, the butterflies, the incredible self-talk and paranoia and beating myself up and so many what-ifs and that absolute fear of the outcome of what was going to happen in relation to what I was feeling vulnerable around. And now that I don't experience that vulnerability and it is a great reference point of how much healing you have done when those past situations occur again in your life and you know you're going to be okay, you know you are okay, you know you can handle whatever's going to come along and you trust how things will unfold. I'm the host of the I Make a Difference podcast and I'm Melinda Cates and today's episode is about vulnerability which has come about through me reflecting on these situations not triggering vulnerability for me anymore and how much I've healed. And what it supported me to do is to spend some time reflecting on a part of my vulnerability journey. So today's episode, we're going to explore how vulnerability surfaces within you, what vulnerability actually is, and the two fundamental things we look for when we're vulnerable. And in brief, what it requires in order to heal vulnerability. One of the things that helped me with working with my vulnerability was not just understanding how it came about, but it was the fact that when we feel vulnerable, we feel incredibly powerless. And that's because our focus is on what are other people going to do to us? What's the universe got in store for us? What is it that we believe that people and things on the outside of us get to control what's going to happen for us? And yes, they do at a level. But what we have disconnected from internally is our personal power. And that is that we have the ability to consciously make choices as to how we want to influence what's happening for us now, which will influence what happens for us in the next nanosecond, the next hour, the next day, the next week and for years to come. We also have the ability to make choices around how we respond to events that we didn't directly influence, that are beyond our influence and our control. And when we're vulnerable, we forget we have the ability to do that because we get absorbed in the anxiety and the fear and 
the powerlessness and the rawness of vulnerability. So how did vulnerability come about? When you were that beautiful child that was that was soul expressing and you experienced those situations of non-acceptance where the people around you judged, whether it be verbally, physically, or through not saying anything at all, they did not accept who you were and how you were expressing yourself. Now, when you were soul expressing, you were completely transparent, you were completely exposed, you were completely natural, you were completely yourself. In essence, you were completely vulnerable because vulnerability is about being exposed and about being transparent and and not being accepted for who you truly were. Essentially, you learned that it wasn't safe to actually show your truth and show your true self. You learned and were sent messages of judgment and rejection. In the ideal world, a child comes into human form and the space that they're raised in is ideally meant to be one of absolute unconditional love and acceptance. A space where you would feel totally safe and secure. In fact, it would never even enter your mind that you would not be safe and that you would not be secure because there's that total acceptance and unconditional love. But that's not what we experience in human form. It's not the reality that we're born into because of other people's conditioning, other people's vulnerability, other people's emotional hurt. So when you are completely transparent and sharing who you are, the light that is emanating from you that is so beautiful and powerful will highlight in other people the areas where their light has been dimmed. It will highlight and trigger in them their areas for healing, for unraveling their hurt and their conditioned self. And most importantly, it triggers their vulnerability, their powerlessness, and their inability to face and be who they truly are. And when another person's vulnerability is triggered, they don't know how to deal with that. They don't know how to cope with it. And I know you know this feeling really well, but we do not like even feeling vulnerable and that vulnerability. So they want to shut their own vulnerability down. So they are not accepting their vulnerability, which then is projected onto you in the form of non-acceptance of your transparency, your light, your truth and your beauty. And you take that on board and start shutting down those aspects of yourself. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, you create a layer of protection and suppression. You learn that it's not safe, that you're not secure in being able to share who you truly are and show your truth. So you start hiding parts of yourself. You hide them from yourself, you hide them from other people, 
because you do not want to go through the non-acceptance, judgment and rejection again because it hurts. And what happens is you experience a lack of acceptance, a lack of safety and security. So emotional holes within you occur. And those emotional holes become neediness. So you not just have vulnerability start surfacing, which is the fear of exposing yourself, exposing your light, either to other people or yourself, because it's being made wrong and it will be judged, rejected and you'll hurt. You also become needy to feel safe and secure again, to be accepted, to be loved. And so the combination of neediness and vulnerability start becoming a part of your life. Something you experience as a result of other people's vulnerability being triggered, their powerlessness being triggered, and them imposing and projecting their non-acceptance of themselves onto you and you taking it on board. Vulnerability is about rawness. It's about exposing yourself, your true self. And that includes all the beauty that is you in your light, plus also exposing all of the parts of you that you are hiding and all the parts of you that you are judging and rejecting and that you're making wrong and where you did wrong. And facing that, where you face your truth and your true self. But because you are needy to be safe and secure in an environment and accepted by people, what we do is we look externally to receive that acceptance, for it to be okay to, for us to feel emotion, for it to be okay that we are who we truly are. But the only person who can fill your neediness and make it right for you is you. When you truly own your vulnerability, you do stand in your personal power because you stand in the belief and the strength of who you are and are willing to look at the true you, the conditions that hurt you, to own all aspects of you, and not to judge them, not to reject them, but to accept and love them. Where you make everything that you feel and think and experience and have done right and okay. And when you do that, you're able to heal that vulnerability in a way that it just dissolves so beautifully. And you stop being scared of facing those parts of you. And your neediness to make it safe and secure, it's filled properly because you are the one that supports those parts of you that have been hurt to heal. You support the parts of you that have been conditioned to unravel so that the natural you can come through rather than the normal human conditioned you. And you support the parts of you that you rejected that are so beautiful about you to have permission to express themselves 
and for you to be who you truly are. Now, I was reflecting on my journey with vulnerability. And what was interesting was I identified there was patterns in my life where I would, when I was feeling vulnerable, reach out for one of two or both (laughs) key fundamental things to help me cope, to help me get through, and most importantly, to fill that neediness to be safe and secure so that my vulnerability could be expressed. And one of them was, where do I go to? I would look for a space and a place where I felt safe, where I felt secure. But what was interesting is those spaces often ended up feeling like a prison. Because even though the physical space was safe and secure, where I could be in my vulnerability, I still didn't have ways to deal with my vulnerability to process it out. So there was a comfort in the physical space, but there wasn't necessarily the comfort in the emotional space. The other key focus when I was vulnerable that I would turn to is, who can I turn to when I feel vulnerable? Who are the people that I feel safe and secure with that I trust, that I know I won't be judged and rejected by, that I know won't hurt me, and that I know will understand what I'm experiencing, or if they don't, then they will at least accept what I'm experiencing, where I feel safe and secure. As a child, most of my memories were more focused on, and my processing, finding a space where I could go to, where I would feel safe and secure. I'm sure it's not the case for everyone, because no doubt many people have people that they were able to turn to that supported them when they were little, where they could process out their vulnerability. But that wasn't the case for me. Or if it was, I don't have recollections of it. I recognised there were times where I would hide under the blankets as a space that was safe for me. That was often when I felt that there were energies or beings around me that were going to impact me physically at that point in time. And I couldn't find my voice to be able to call out or even move to go to my parents to get some help. But I question whether I felt safe enough to do that. Then I remember I was probably about seven or eight. And I would feel really vulnerable going into my bedroom. And it wasn't from anything that had physically happened to me. It was more the energy that was around me. And that I wasn't feeling safe and secure in who I was at that point in time. I would go down to my parents' bedroom, but I wouldn't let them know that I was there, which indicated that there was a level that I didn't feel safe and secure with them at an emotional level, but I did hide under their bed. They had a very tall brass bed, and I would go and sleep under their bed because physically I felt safe and secure sleeping under their bed. 
it's interesting when you start reflecting on your process where there are distinctions and where there are some gaps and why I question why did I not feel safe and secure enough to wake them up and let them know how I was feeling emotionally. Then I remember when I had my horse accident and I fell off a horse and a stick went through my leg and I was incredibly vulnerable and upset in that moment. I was physically vulnerable and I was emotionally vulnerable. And the one person I remember that I did turn to when I was emotionally vulnerable was my grandfather. Now, as I've mentioned previously, is not my biological grandfather, but he loved me unconditionally. And it was him I turned to and felt safe with. Then I recognised there was an additional part to the process of my vulnerability, and it included my brother in it. There was a night I remember when I was about six, my parents had a fight and they both went outside. I have no idea where they went to, and I'm not even sure how long they were away for. But I remember going and finding my brother and hugging him and holding him so that we both were protected. Through me protecting my brother, I felt I'd created a protective, safe and secure space for both him and me. What was interesting right through my early days of my childhood is I have no recollection of sharing my fear and vulnerability verbally, yet I know I felt it so many times. Then when I got into my teens, my focus was still on where do I go, what safe space have I got for me to bear my vulnerability. It still was not about who have I got to turn to. And maybe it's because of my generation or the generations prior to now. Vulnerability was not talked about. Vulnerability was seen as a weakness because people could use and abuse it. And I'll come to that process later on in this episode. So we shut it down and I know for me I would cover it up with being tough and strong and I would go and protect all the people that were vulnerable. That was my way of protecting my own vulnerability and also it was me screaming out wanting to be protected and looked after at some level as well. I remember one night when I was 14 or 15 and the vulnerability that I was experiencing was so painful physiologically. It was almost like torment. I walked out of the house and I know I was gone for a couple of hours and I don't even think my parents knew I was missing and I walked along the pipeline in the dark and I remember how strong I felt physically on the outside which was me protecting myself trying to put up a persona so that I could carry on in this safe space of walking in the dark in the pipeline and I was walking out my vulnerability and I just remember feeling so incredibly alone that there was no one, no one there that I could share the pain that I was in with and how many of us experienced that for so long in our lives and the only person we have to share it with is ourselves we're not taught or shown what vulnerability even is 
And that's why I love this generation and now. That vulnerability is honoured, is respected and is talked about. Many nights I've walked that pipeline and my own space and my pain. And then there was the times I would hide in my bedroom. And I would hide so that I was not exposed to anything more that would trigger even more vulnerability. Because it felt like my being was so filled with it already that I couldn't take any more. And in my processing and working through this and seeing that, wow, it was always finding a space where I felt safe rather than finding a person I felt safe with to share it with. There was a person that I remembered. When I was about 14 or 15, there was a guy I was friends with who was adopted. And he was a year older than me. But we used to have the most amazing conversations on the phone. And he shared his vulnerability and rawness one day and how he was actually feeling similar to how I was. Totally rejected, unloved and not wanted. And he was suicidal. Around the same time I was feeling the same feelings. And so I got to see that Yes, there was someone I felt safe enough with. But it was in the sharing of his vulnerability that I was able to share my vulnerability. Which indicated to me that I still wasn't strong enough to open up myself with someone without them opening up to me first. I also recognised that my best friend in my team, I don't remember sharing lots of my vulnerability with her. But I know I felt so safe with her. She loved me. She accepted me. She was my, my mate. And I used to love going to her home because her mother accepted me and loved me dearly. And I felt so safe and secure in the space of their family home because mine was completely unsafe at the time. In fact, even at one stage during my latter teens, I resorted to going and sleeping in the blow-up dinghy that was in our garage under a windsurf sail because it was physically unsafe and I was physically vulnerable in my own home. Then in my 20s, I still continued to not have people around me who I could turn to where I would feel safe and secure. So I was still retreating to my bedroom as my safe space. But also I started retreating to my car where I would go for drives and I would sit for hours and feel and process out that pain, that rawness and that vulnerability. And then I became friends with a gentleman who had lost his partner and he became like a big brother to me and was the first man that I felt truly at ease and at peace with that wanted nothing from me, but shared with me such love, acceptance and understanding. Where I was the rawest I could be. And there was a gentleness and there was a care about him that was so respectful. And sadly, my dear friend, he passed away last year. 
but he gave me the most beautiful gift of knowing that it was possible that there were people out there who I could turn to and share my vulnerability with. And that it was okay to actually feel the vulnerability that I was experiencing. And that it could start healing. Then I met the lady who would become my spiritual mentor and my spiritual mum. And my friend Yuli, because our relationship has changed. I've grown not only in who I am as a result of my interactions and the love and the care and the guidance that she's shared with me, I've also grown in my emotional age and maturity, filling my neediness over the years, where initially there was a level of dependency on her to where now I'm independent, that neediness is filled the vulnerability is being healed. And when there is little bits that surface, I'm able to work with that very easily now. And so my relationship with her is now a friendship. A friendship where we can have incredible conversations about fascinating and amazing things. But it was the beauty of who she is and the absolute understanding of my processing what I was experiencing, the love and the gentleness that she shared, that helped me to feel so safe and secure in being able to share everything, and I mean everything, all the raw truth of what I'd done, where I was at, what was going on for me, which potentially so many other people would have judged me for. But what I was experiencing and doing that with her was that I was admitting it to myself. I was admitting the things that were going on in my life that I knew were not right, but were part of a process to help me to heal and get to where I needed to be. I was experiencing feelings and thoughts internally that were destructive, that were painful, but that were also joyous and glorious. I was able to own all of that with her. And in owning that was owning me. And that's the power of vulnerability is the more you can own everything that you fear and that you're vulnerable about, then it stops being scary and it stops being a vulnerability and becomes part of you in a strength. A strength to make choices, to own the beauty of who you are and a strength to make choices to do something different with the aspects of you that you have been judging and rejecting. But you cannot do anything about those aspects of you until you've accepted and loved them. Otherwise you're just fighting them and condemning them and continuing to judge and reject them. In my latter years, my focus has been more when I've felt vulnerability about who I turn to when I'm vulnerable. And there still have been moments of finding a safe space to go to, to be on my own, but far less than when I was growing up. Because I love vulnerability. And I got to see that vulnerability was so important in feeling it, in experiencing it, and in healing it. Which is why I began to express more and more of it. 
but I was still conscious of the people I actually shared that with. A person that helped me to work through a significant amount of it from my past was a lady I met who became my best friend. And we were best friends for a good 10 to 12 years. We shared everything. We had this incredible connection emotionally, mentally and spiritually. And the spiritual part was the biggest. She was gentle, nurturing, totally got me in every way. And she shared her physical and emotional vulnerability with me. We were like peas in a pot and almost inseparable. And when I went through a huge eight-month grief process, one of the things she gifted me, which is such a vitally important part of any vulnerability process and grief process, is she said to me, I want to encourage you that if you need to ask me the same question 500 times for you to work with it and process it through, do so. Now, many people would feel vulnerable about asking the same question even twice, maybe even three times, because what's the judgments going to be about me? I should have let it go, so the expectations we have of ourselves. Instead, she allowed me and gave me the space and allowed me someone who would listen to and respond to the same questions over and over again until no longer were they relevant to me. It was a powerful, powerful experience. Then I had an experience with in a relationship that helped me to see how much I was covering up my vulnerability. And it was with a guy that at times when I became vulnerable and needy, he would actually turn his back on me and disconnect from me, which of course would then compound the vulnerability. And I remember being incredibly distraught, thinking he didn't love me, that he didn't care about me, that he was going to leave me. And I did one of my old patterns, which was, where can I go to that's a safe space? Well, I was in a different city staying with him, so I didn't actually have a safe space. I was away from my home and my home country. So I remember leaving his place and going and sitting in the park and crying and crying and crying. And I realized that I'd just shown him this tough, needy, strong Melinda. And I hadn't actually voiced my truth with him, which was my vulnerability. Because I didn't want to expose it to him, because what if he didn't love me and what if he was going to leave me? <laughs> which, funny enough, many years later he did. And I remember going back to him, having chunked down into my vulnerability. And when you can sink into it, it's actually a very gentle space, not a hard, tough space like I've been covering it up with. And when I chunked down into it, I actually went back and saw him and said to him, I'm really sorry for how I've been. But all I wanted to ask you for was a hug but I was scared you would reject me. And in that moment, I got to see and experience the power of pure vulnerability, which is a very gentle process. And people, yes, 
have used and abused that gentle vulnerability in people in the past. I know I've experienced it. People have used my vulnerabilities and been nasty and thrown them in my face. But that's only because I've been needy of them to make me feel safe and secure around my vulnerability. Rather than me making myself safe and secure with it. And by being safe and secure with it, I mean not making it wrong. Not making what I'm feeling and thinking and experiencing wrong. Not judging it, not rejecting it, but accepting it and making it okay. Then if anyone else judges it or rejects it, you know that's them rejecting and judging their own vulnerability and they're only projecting it onto you. But the person that actually helped me work through some of my final significant parts of vulnerability, especially around my fear of not being loved or lovable, is my beautiful Alan. He helped me face a level of vulnerability that was attached to my self-worth or lack of self-worth that was so deep. I was scared that I wasn't lovable, that he didn't love me. And I would fight him. The closer he got to me and the more I opened up to him, emotionally, spiritually and in every way, the more scared I was of being hurt. So I'd try and push him away. But he didn't go anywhere. He stood strong. He stood resolute. And his knowing of how much he loved me was so and is so strong and powerful. And I would, in those days, run away to somewhere where I felt safe and secure. A space I felt safe and secure with. I would be in that space, which generally was my car, gave me the space to see that what I was scared of was actually being loved. Because what if it was taken away from me? And in that moment, I realized that if he did leave, if he didn't love me, that I was actually okay because I'd reached a place where it wasn't that I wasn't lovable. I did love me and I had me and that was the most important thing. Given I've got me, what if I can have more than just me? What if I actually opened up and truly allowed the love he has for me, for me to feel it, to embrace it, to receive it, and to trust it? That man and his love is what helped me on so many levels to reclaim the love within me, to allow myself to express the love from me and to receive it. So I know my vulnerability is not a scary space anymore. My vulnerability is a place of beauty because it is my truth. And when I own it, I'm owning my truth and my power. I'm owning me. And what a beautiful gift we give to ourselves when we do that. Because we're owning more of our wholeness and allowing ourselves to be more filled 
with all the glory and the joy and the beauty of who we are. I can't remember the last time I felt vulnerable and had to look for a place where I felt safe and secure externally. But I do remember going internally to see that safe and secure place within me. Who do I turn to when I'm vulnerable now? Number one, me. I know I'm the one that can support myself to be safe and secure. I'm the one that feels that neediness. And if I'm still needy for some reassurance and to feel safe and secure externally, I have some pretty special people in my life who will be respectful, accepting and also truthful in giving me feedback to support me to process through my vulnerability to the strengths and to being able to make choices that are right for me so that I can influence what is happening in my life and what is going to happen in my life. Reflect on your vulnerability over your life. What are the spaces you've turned to where you feel safe? And why did you turn to those spaces? What was your experience in those spaces? Who are the people you've turned to when you're vulnerable? What is it about them that has helped you feel safe and secure? And whether they're in your life now or not, they were part of your journey to get to where you are now. Reflect on how much do you make your vulnerability safe and secure? I remember a lady saying to me one day, she said, what are you feeling? And I said, really vulnerable. What are you feeling vulnerable about? And I said, oh, I'm scared that people are going to judge me for blah, 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 because I can't quite remember what the topic was. And she said, why would you be scared about what is your truth? Because it's your truth. And if anybody else doesn't accept it, it's got nothing to do with them. And it put quite a different light on it. Love your vulnerability and love your neediness to feel safe and secure that goes with it. They're the little boys or girls in you that are looking to you to give to them what they never got in your earlier years. Until the next episode, have a beautiful, beautiful week and may you make a magnificent difference with your vulnerability.